You're listening to the Foremost Media Marketing Chat Podcast with John Ballard and Evan Facinger. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Foremost Media Marketing Chat Podcast. Uh, I'm Evan Facinger. We've got John Ballard here with me as always. Hey, Evan. How's it going today? I'm doing well. How about you? Good, thanks. Good. Well, Excited I'm about a, today's topic. Yeah, I was just about to say the same thing. Uh, it's a topic that I feel is near and dear to our hearts, you know, as we kind of help a lot of manufacturing companies redesign their website. Uh, this topic really today, just going to focus on, you know, the overall planning side of that, you know, what are the steps that you should take to get ready, not only get ready for your website redesign as a, you know, kind of industrial or manufacturing company, what are those steps? How does that process look like? And kind of just things to look out for so that you can make sure that you're, you know, actually going to be set up for success before you start the actual work. Absolutely. And if you're not in manufacturing or industrial, don't tune out. There's some good stuff in here for you too. Yeah. You know, a lot of it is, you know, similar processes throughout, uh, depending on, you know, the different industries, you got to look out for different things. So you still be able to get a lot of good content here. So let's set the stage here a little bit. I'm a new or a manufacturing company. Typically I have an existing website that's pretty seasoned and old um, and we're ready to redesign. Where do we start, Evan? Well, I always like to start with the actual strategy and planning phase. So the idea here is, you know, you can't just dive head first into the website redesign, right? Especially if you want it to be successful. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, uh, when you're going the redesign route for the website, you know, the company you choose, the way you go about it, there's a lot of things at stake, whether it's your career, reputation, business, things like that, you know, always things to take into consideration. So, I always recommend starting with the actual strategy. And that strategy includes knowing your current metrics, being able to set that baseline of where you're at right now so that you can document not only, you know, how things, what what are things working on your website? What are some things that are not working on your website? But what does that mean, right? So for example, uh, the the most common one is going to be how many visitors do you get a month on average to your website? Yeah. Where are you getting this information? Where do you start? Uh, most of this information that we get for these uh, benchmarks can be found in Google Analytics. Uh, also, some of them, you know, you get from Google Search Console. Uh, of course, if you're, you know, already working with a company to do some of your search engine optimization or kind of website work there, uh, they should have some of this too, especially when you start looking at what are the keywords that you're ranking. Otherwise, if you've got a marketing automation system, there's going to be some information there that you can glean from. But, you know, you can get a good, a good amount of it just from Google Analytics and Google Search Console, which are free. And hopefully you've had them running when you've had the website set up originally. That's a great point. You know, you, you kind of hit on this. One of the things that people would do often is they want to just streamline their website. It's got too much content. It's, you know, it's not sexy. It's not clean. You know, it's, it's just got way too many details. And I always am a little nervous when we hear that happening because, um, you know, search engine rankings a lot depend on the content on the website. So, you know, we've seen people do a lot of damage to their website as well when they've, they've done a redesign. So strategy becomes really important here. What am I ranking for, you know, and how can I keep those rankings even if I'm going to make it sexy and clean, you know, which is everybody's goal these days. Exactly. And, you know, one thing that I always say too is, you know, Google's still reading the website. Everybody wants to get rid of a lot of the text on their website to make it clean and sleek and sexy, like you were saying from it, but you don't want to 
lose all of your rankings that you have on Google. So when you do the necessary steps here and kind of document where you're at, that includes creating that organic positions report where you can see what your current rankings are on Google and what pages are currently ranking for those terms on Google too. And that'll give you a good idea as to one, maybe where, where there are some improvements, but two, you know, what are some things that maybe you want to be a little bit hesitant towards getting rid of? And I think there's a big difference between getting rid of a lot of pages and getting rid of a lot of text versus, you know, just actually having a little bit of design skill and being able to lay those out in a way where it doesn't look like it's an intimidating wall of text that you expect somebody to read 2000 words. You know, a good designer can take that information and make it easily digestible, even if it is a lot of content on there and still look good. Yeah. One of the things I love to do too, is just some keyword research. You know, one of the things we run into a lot with, especially manufacturers is they might call their product something completely different than what the end user is searching for. So like we've got a company we work with that makes these products called a case former, and it essentially takes a cardboard box from flat to, you know, down the assembly line. So it's erected so people can put product in it and ship it out the door. So that's called the case former. And when we started doing the research, there was a lot of search volume for case formers, but there was also a ton of competition. Everybody in the industry was calling it a case former. But when we looked a little further, the term case erector, which is exactly the same product, same term, you know, kind of like tissue Kleenex, had about double the search volume and about half the amount of competition. So essentially what we found is that, you know, uh, the end users were all calling it case erectors and the manufacturers were all calling it case formers. So by, you know, re kind of organizing how they called their products or what they called their products, we were able to achieve a lot of new rankings for them when we launched their new site. So... Yeah. And that's a, and that's not uncommon either, you know, in terms of when you do the actual keyword research and start to take a look at what is the average monthly search volume of these different terms, what's the overall strength of competition around them. You can really find some good winners in there besides just the the typical ones that everybody's thinking of that they can just rattle off on the top, top of their head in their industry. Yep. So a redesign is a perfect time to address some of that, you know, structurally. And, you know, as you start to set up pages, so all comes back to the strategy, you know, also benchmarking competitors is a great part of that initial process. What are they doing right? What are they doing wrong? You know, what sites do you really like? Um, And there's a lot of data that can be gained out there. Yeah. And it's not that you want to copy the competitors, but they're who you're competing with. You at least want to know, know what's going on and know how they're positioning and know what they're doing to, to find even more opportunities that way. Right. Right. And that kind of comes down to a lot of, you know, the other part of the before you actually get started part of the website redesign. And that's having a goal around redesigning the website. You know, a lot of times as, as fun as it is for us, right, because we're in the industry, uh, there's a purpose for the redesign too. You know, it's not just, oh, I just feel like having a new website. You know, is it you need a better, you know, user experience. You need more search engine optimization. It's just not performing well. It's not integrated well with like your ERP or CRM, for example. You know, all those different things are, you know, ultimately help you kind of figure out what the reason for redesigning it is so you can have some goals based around that redesign. Yeah, the big one we're seeing with manufacturers especially is, you know, how can we sell online? You know, we want to start selling online without upsetting our channels, you know, that are distributors and stuff. So, you know, that's a typically a like a factor that they would use. They haven't sold online in the past. They're looking at maybe building an e-commerce or like you said, integrating that e-commerce with ERP systems. So they talk back and forth or just even making their, their distributors, you know, making it easier for them to order by building like an online ordering system. And sometimes it's security. Is that website really out of date, you know? 
know? So what are the goals? That's a great question. Yeah. And the other thing too, that's been really, you know, increasing the past couple of years is not only just targeting the distributors and getting more, you know, potential leads and customers and, you know, sales online, like you said, which is you know, obviously always going to be popular, but right now uh, being attractive to potential employees has been a big reason why a lot of companies are looking to refresh their website, because that's where somebody's going to look for you at when they're considering, you know, uh, Take, taking a job at your organization. That's where they're going. That's where you're looking, where they're looking at you. So you can really change, you know, the overall perception of your company in the industry for somebody that's going to be looking for a job. Yep. Yeah. I would say, you know, start taking pictures. You know, uh, one of the things we see a lot and that just frustrates me is these companies, big, beautiful products, but all they have is like some product images. They don't really show who's making them, the behind the scenes. And I think that's what, you know, especially potential employees are connecting with. They want to see what it's like to work there. They want to see who they're going to be working with, you know, what the shop floor looks like. And I think that goes a long ways towards your end user, the buyer as well. You know, they want to know that you're not just reselling this product. If you're a manufacturer, you know, you know, so you can go, a long ways towards taking some real pictures of people on the shop floor putting your products together or you know people in the office and you know just kind of get away from that stock art and really connect with people yeah people want to work with people and when you can show real people on your website it resonates more with everybody that that's going to land on there you know everybody's seen the same welding photo i'm sure on every manufacturing website it seems like for it you know and it's, it starts to lose its appeal whereas when you have real people that are actually you know at your office at, or at your you know facility that's going to resonate a lot more and pro tip here too you know i mean take your iphone out and start shooting some pictures sometimes those turn out pretty well and if nothing else you'll know what to shoot when you bring that photographer in you know with lights and stuff so you get some ideas of what we can use on the site that really helps with the you know kind of the planning process the initial design i'm getting a little ahead here though what's next on the after we've got the strategy down we've developed the strategy well, you know, there's always going to be a little bit more with the strategy and we'll actually in the show notes show we can include a, a link to a workbook that you'll be able to go through and kind of check by check line on. There's a lot more details that you can go through and start to jot this information down so you can kind of have those step by step instructions to plan out your website. But you also want to take, you know, as you're kind of getting the benchmarks, as you're looking at your goals for the website and kind of taking a look at your brand and targeting, you know, making sure that, you know, the imagery and the messaging and how you're positioning yourself is going to resonate with your target audience, you know, that's something you want to take stock of. And, you know, at the same time, start the actual planning of the website itself. I mean, even if you have a very old website at this point, and that can, you know, old can mean different things to different people for the website, there's probably still going to be some good things that you're going to want to keep on there, you know, so we always recommend listing out some things that, you know, you actually like about your current website, along with obviously some, some things that you, you hate about it. And some of those, sometimes those lists are longer there than the other one, but this way you don't have to start over completely from scratch, you know, and, and frustrate both the end user and, you know, kind of start over with all the information too. Yeah. How often do people, how are we seeing people redesign their sites in the manufacturing space? Evan? You know, it, it's of course going to vary a little bit based on kind of what sector of the industry it's going to be in, but usually around three years is when I think it starts to be a little more common. Five is, is probably when it should start being done. So three to five kind of falling in that range is where we've been finding for kind of that manufacturing industrial space versus, you know, it's usually uh, closer to, you know, two years for more consumer focused brands. 
Yeah, so, you know, to kind of bring this back around, if your company that you're working with isn't talking strategy and, you know, good deep dive into what, what we should be building, you know, that's probably should be a warning sign to you that maybe that's not the right company to build your site because without a good plan, it's not going to work. Well, and that's a good point. It comes down to website design and website development. It's, it's not a commodity, you know, even with all the different tools and features and, you know, ways that some of these content management systems are making it easy. You know, it still requires a lot of skill. It still requires a lot of strategy and know-how uh, just because one person can use Photoshop doesn't mean somebody else that knows Photoshop is going to be able to produce the same amount of work. You know, there's always that skill and strategy involved. Absolutely. So once we've got our strategy down, where are we heading next? Well, once we've got the plan, we've got the strategy, uh, once we kind of put all that information together, you know, we need to kind of start figuring out what are those different pieces for the website that we want to have on there? So uh, part of that is, you know, understanding a little bit about what is that sitemap going to be? You know, how many pages do you have? What is that sitemap? Are you going to be changing out any of those pages or kind of changing around that sitemap? Uh, it's important consideration because, you know, as those different pages are structured on the website, that is big implications for, you know, not only the user experience, right? How are people going to find that information and get to the other uh, parts of your website? but also search engine optimization, you know, how you're placing the different hierarchy of those different pages, you know, that's going to impact the SEO. Absolutely. And then we get to the technical considerations, you know, what are we trying to do? Is this an e-commerce site? You know, what platform should we be using? Are we updating this in house? You know, where will it be hosted? All those things really make a difference on what CMS system you're going to use and what, what it needs to do. Yeah. Especially when you start talking integrations with an ERP, like you mentioned before. Yeah, it's important to have something flexible, you know, that you're not paying a ton for extra add-ons, you know, to do do things. Yeah, and, and also, you know, you mentioned having like a dealer or distributor portal on there earlier also. You know, as part of that, do you need to have a lot of STS, you know, or other documents on there? If so, you know, maybe you should look at having a document management system. Absolutely. Yeah. Or you even know, Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, or even, you know, taking that even a step further, you know, do you need a distributor or store lookup tool, online warranty registration, you know, all of those different things, you know, are, are, should be part of the conversation that you're having with, you know, the web development partner, or if you're using our workbook uh, that I mentioned before, you know, that's got all those different questions kind of outlined down there so you can answer yes or no and have kind of that complete picture. And as you're kind of planning this, I think it's a good idea to get the people that are dealing with your customers involved or even your customers. What, what could we do better for you? You know, would, you know, distributors would looking up your pricing online or retrieving invoices be helpful, you know, customer service, where are you spending all your time? If it's retrieving invoices and emailing them to customers, maybe that could, can be built into an internet system linked to an ERP. You know, so there's all sorts of things to consider, you know, if you're going to make this investment, you know, how can we make our, our company more efficient and better, you know, partner for our customers? Yeah, exactly. So, and I think, you know, once you have all that information kind of put together and like I said, I mean, there's a lot more in there too, but, you know, overall, if you look at what the rest of that project and how that's going to unfold, you know, once you're working with a web development company, you know, they take all that information, there's going to be estimating budgets, things like that. Once a project actually gets started, you know, then you start looking at the design side of things, you know, what does it look like to create, you know, a UX analysis and a wireframe of those different pages along with, you know, creating the actual design mock-ups that use that information. 
And so our process is we don't just start with a template or a, a graphic design. We're actually doing wireframes where you can kind of easily move things around the screen and we're identifying the things that need to be on the screen or on the you know pages, you know, with a wireframe, you know, box so that, you know, the, again, we're kind of taking that plan and translating it to a, not really even a functional website, in it, but more of a, just a plan. Where's all that information going to house? How are people going to navigate? You know, how's it all connected? Exactly. And then you have your, you know, revisions, get that, you know, really refined. So you know what the website's going to look like before you start the development. And, you know, once that starts, then, you know, we're going to create a staging environment is a pretty common practice there so that your current site can remain live the entire time while this new site is being developed on a staging environment. You want to make sure that that's going to, you know, mirror the final environment. And that's going to vary a little bit based on, you know, the content management system that you're going to use. And then, uh, you know, we're making sure that we've got all those resources lined up while that design is going on. You know, if, if you guys have to produce more pages or need help with copywriting, you know, that, that during that design and kind of planning phase, that all needs to be identified where that content's coming from, who's going to produce it. So, you know, lots of, a lot of moving parts in our web design. Yeah. And, and is there any custom development that's going to be required, you know, for the functionality side of things like the, whether it's an ERP integration or maybe a custom configurator, you know, that you can have built out for it, all of that planned out. Uh, the search engine optimization side of things is going to be very important here as you're kind of populating that with content too. You want to make sure that when you're doing the, you know, the, the title tags, the header tags, meta descriptions, all tags that you can understand what the keyword focus is going to be so that you've already had that keyword research completed as part of that fate, you know, uh, initial kind of setup and phase step for it that we were talking about before the planning phase, I should say. This is a loaded question, but obviously there's a lot of stuff going on here. What's a typical site take to actually build from start to finish and in, in your experience of you know, I would say, and I'll obviously that, that like you referenced, it is a loaded question, uh, more standard websites that don't require heavy customization. You know, I, I say that it typically averages around six to eight weeks, you know, when you start getting a little more in the custom development that can get a little bit longer for it, but you know, also the design phase too, um, you know, depending on the complexity there and the revisions and the back and forth, but you know, with an asterisk there, of course, I would say six to eight weeks is pretty common. What would you say john I agree with that it depends a lot on the planning you know and how much work we've done on where the content is coming from if we're connecting to internal systems who our resources are on those internal systems so you know i think it all starts you know a successful launch and a quick launch really starts with planning and research and you know having a great strategy in place so yeah one thing i would always say too is that you know that timeline can be determined very much on you know the customer themselves yeah, <laughs> how fast return how much delays are there because at the end of the day you know even though a website uh, redesign is a big project might be the biggest project that that you have this year or even the next couple of years uh, they, you know, the, the companies that we work with, at least there's still a lot going on on the day to day, you know, the regular parts, of their job that needs to be handled. So sometimes the website needs to, you know, take a backseat to some of the other things that they're working on. So let's, uh, in the interest of seven minute podcast here, let's jump forward a little bit. We've got this site done. We've tested it. It's ADA compliant. It's responsive. You know, it's working. 
we're ready to launch. What, what's that look like? What do we need to worry about there? Well, a big thing is you want to make sure that, you know, you've done all the tests, you've done all the things that you know, we talked about and uh, the, making sure that you've got a list as you were kind of going through and combining those or, or compiling those different site maps and understanding what the new site map is going to be that you have your 301 redirects as part of that launch. So, so when you launch it, you get those 301 redirects so that your, you know, one, if anybody's got your website or that current web page bookmarked, uh, if the URL structure has changed at all, you don't want them to go to a 404 page. You also don't want Google to go to a 404 page if they have that site ranked. So you put in those 301 redirects, automatically takes everyone, including Google, tells them, you know, this is the new page. So it kind of transfers some of that search engine equity that you've built. Uh, having that set up, of course, is going to be important. Also making sure that you didn't uh, did you have the site set to indexed? Uh, a lot of times when you're working on a staging environment, you do have that to be no indexed and uh, you don't want that when you launch a site because that means Google can crawl it. Right. I've seen that happen. Yeah. So then you go through and, you know, speaking of re-indexing, you know, go into Google search console, re-index it there, go to Bing Webmaster Tools, do it there. You know, check the number of index pages that you have also, right? Making sure that it's going to be what you expected it to be when you uh, launch the site based on your sitemap. And then, you know, the other thing that uh, you can't forget is, you know, verify the Google Analytics script is still working. So, so that, that's first right there. But then also, you know, if you're talking about URL structure changes, make sure you have your conversion goals updated yeah. so that you're making sure that you actually are, you know, reporting on the right conversion still. And what we always, not always, but, you know, a lot of times we'll see a little bit of a dip in traffic to a site when we relaunch. And that's, that's just kind of normal. You know, Google says, hey, wait, something's changed here. You know, this isn't the same site. We're starting to see, you know, pages moved or redirected. We want to make sure that this is still a legit site. So, you know, the goal is we want those search engines to crawl that as fast as they can and re-index that and let them know about the changes. And, you know, say, you know, 301 redirect basically says, okay, Google, this page has moved from this location to this new location. And it's, you know, the same content. So, you know, you can do a lot to kind of mitigate that drop in traffic. And then, you know, usually what we'll see is if everything's been planned, right, we've done good keyword research and everything that, you know, there's a little bit of a kind of a leveling out or a drop off, you know, for the first maybe week or so. And then usually when as Google starts to re-index, it comes back even stronger. So, you know, but if it's not done right, I've seen sites that have, you know, crashed and burned, you know, essentially lost all their traffic. They didn't identify pages that were important and, you know, a lot of that stuff and that resources. And, you know, so this stuff is really important if you've got a successful and, and a, you know, good website that's driving business for you, that there's strategy involved in that relaunch. Yeah. My favorite saying is, you know, you don't want to throw out the baby with the bathwater. So you want to make sure that you also have, you know, while you're redesigning the website, you know, there's going to be some things that you're going to want to keep and some content and some pages and make sure that you are getting growth from the redesign. Like you said, there might be a little bit of a dip in the beginning, but that should be very short lived if you've done this right. And you should be able to start to see, you know, a lot more traffic after that. And, you know, to your point too, there's a lot of steps in here and, you know, that, that's why we've got you know, the workbook that's available. We'll put that in the show notes, but I think from a podcast perspective, pretty high level. I mean, would you, would you add anything else in there? I think you've covered a lot of it. I mean, there's some, um, you know, make sure you're working with somebody that, that does all this and that you can trust, you know, because this is a big deal for a lot of marketing managers that maybe your career could depend on it or your chance to make a mark at that company, you know, and really move things forward. So um, spend yeah. the time, you know, researching the right company and doing the strategy and the planning. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, you brought up a good point too with the right company is that there are just different types of 
web development companies. There's maybe ones that are more design focused, maybe ones that are more development focused, marketing focused. You know, and it's not to say one is better than the other, but when you're talking about a full redesign, you need to have a company that's staffed accordingly to be able to handle all of those different types. You know, that they've got the designers, have the front end, back end development, marketing team, project management, infrastructure, even, you know, if you're hosting with them. All of those should be different people. If they're all the same people, then that's either a very, very talented person to have <laughs> so much knowledge and so much different types of thinking. Uh, but otherwise, you need to make sure that you've got it all kind of handled in-house that they can handle that for you. Sounds good, Evan. I'm ready to start my redesign. Let's go. All right. Well, then go on, head over to foremostmedia.com, get the uh, show notes here, and you'll be able to, to, to see you know what the workbook is and, and get started. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Foremost Media Marketing Chat Podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe so you can stay on top of your game by never missing an episode. You can find even more marketing insights and show transcripts at foremostmedia.com. 